Thank y'all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry podcast brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Want to give a big shout out to all of our sponsors, Williams Tire, Nobles Networking, Straight Haggard Thread Company, Gridiron Coffee, Par Hopper Golf Apparel, our management company, uh, Red Circle. Want to give a big shout out to Drizzly, the alcohol delivery service, uh, Proud 90 Golf and all the other corporate sponsors that throw ads in here. I appreciate the change in my pocket. Everybody knows I like interesting people. I like to find unique folks on social media, whether they've got a big following or a little following. There's nothing little about this cat that I'm about to introduce y'all to. I'm telling you, his arms are bigger than my whole freaking head. So uh, I want to introduce y'all to, as you know him on TikTok, Texas Cop. What's up, big guy? Morning, sir. How you doing? I'm good, brother. How about you? I'm all right, man. How's it going today? Good. I just want to know, do they make special uh, shirt sizes for you when it comes to your uniform? Actually, yes. Uh, when I go get uniform, I have to go to go to the place to get to get my uniform size just because I, it's, I have to go there and have everything taped and measured. And it has to be a certain way. I'm like that. Uh, I'm very, very much like particular when it comes to my uniform it has to be a certain way so yeah it, it could be a little a little bit challenging a little bit challenging that's cool i would you i would figure it would be well um real fast before we get started drop your social media handles your tiktok and instagram so folks know where to go find you at uh you guys if you want to find me on any social media it will be uh i have youtube clapper tiktok uh, and Instagram, all of, you can find me anywhere on Texas Cop 2.0, Texas Cop 2.0. And once you find me, you're going to see that yellow um, cowboy image. And that's that's my account. That's how you know it's, it's definitely the, the Texas Cop 2.0. Because it's going to be a bunch of people there, the fan page or whatever. But uh, let me make sure when you look me up, you see that yellow with the cowboy hat and a smile. That is definitely my account. You definitely got a big ass smile. You're real hard to miss, my guy. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm trying to listen to your voice. Are you originally from Texas? Because I don't think you are. No, I'm not. I'm actually from uh, Onicha in Nigeria. I was born in Nigeria. Uh, grew up. I was pretty much raised by my grandparents because my mom and dad lived overseas. My dad lived in uh, Germany and my mom lived in Dubai and London. So growing up, I was raised by a lot of maids and uh, my grandparents. Um, I migrated to America at the age of 13 or 14. So I've, I've been here quite a while now. So I, I'm actually, I'm actually trilingual. So I, it's, it could be a little hard. Uh, it could be a little hard sometimes to, you know, translate some stuff into English. And you might hear me sometimes kind of stutter. That's me trying to process. Okay, he just said something in English, and I got to put in my own words and then move it back to my own tribal words and then move it back to English. <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I stutter a lot too, bitch, because I'm a dumbass. <laughs> At least you got. At least you got a good reason why you stutter. I'm a, I'm a talk show host that stutters. That's it's not very. Uh, hey, at least people fucking like me. Guess if they didn't, I'd be in trouble. Uh, um, 
What was uh what was the transition like when you for I guess coming over here at the age of thirteen? Uh, it was a little it was a little rough. Uh, I know back in high school, man, I got made fun of because so in in Africa or Nigeria, when you have a male friend, you refer them as boyfriend because it is a boy and it's a friend. Yeah. If you have a if you have an actual uh, female friend, you call her. This is my girlfriend compared to. This is my girlfriend. So you put the mind to let people know this is my actual girlfriend, but the rest is just a girlfriend. So in high school, somebody would have asked me, who is this guy? I said, oh, that's my boyfriend. So everybody, and it was when we were very, very younger back then, people's not accepting to, you know, gay community or uh, LGBTQ and all that stuff. So when I said that, everybody was looking at me like, oh my God, he's, he's gay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, I'm not. It's just, uh, in my culture, we didn't look at it that way. We didn't see it that way. But they wasn't scared you were gonna beat the shit out of them. Nah, back then I was very, very fluffy. I was very, very overweight. Uh, man, I didn't know I was overweight until I got here. People stopped making fun of me because in, in Africa, when you big and overweight like that, you were seen as a a very rich kid, a wealthy kid, because your family have enough money to feed you. That's why you're fat. If I went yeah. over there, they think my fat ass is rich. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's that's probably what they're gonna think. So that was it. Was a little hard transitioning because a lot of stuff that did, that you guys do here, especially at that age, was a little rough. Growing up a little bit, couple 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 years ago, is a little rough compared to nowadays. I mean, now this is even worse, I think. But uh, I made it out, and I'm just glad I'm still here. You know. Well, fuck those kids for picking on you for 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 first off. But uh, h- how old are you? I'm 26. I'll be 27 in December. Okay. Yeah. So you, yeah, I'm 34. So okay. I thought I thought you were probably closer to my age. No, nah, everybody thinks I'm a lot older just because I have an older mindset. And I, That's what I, I was act, getting at. I act very very old. Yeah, you you look physically, you look fucking like you're in great shape. Black don't crack, you know what I'm saying? You look you look wonderful. <laughs> you look wonderful but mentally. The things you're saying, now you you sound older. You sound wise. Appreciate it. Um, I used to be October 2019 when I when I made my change. I was um, a little over 405 pounds, and uh, right now I'm I'm pushing. I think this yesterday I checked myself. I was about 289. Uh, I'm back on my diet right now, seeing if I can push myself to maybe 260, 240 solid. So we'll see what we'll see what we can get to. How tall are you? I'm six one. Oh, you're a beast! You had to play sports. You had to play football, right? I played football. I played. I played soccer, badminton, swim, dive, uh, tennis. Play all kinds of sports. Basketball was the only sports I did not play. I was too afraid to break my ankles. Well, I, I, I would <laughs> tell you why I wouldn't play basketball, but it would be. It's pretty obvious. Um, I'm 5'10", a ginger. There's no athletic ability for basketball in me. <laughs> hey, I see some 5'10s do whoop some ass in basketball now. <laughs> it, it, ain't, it ain't this ginger bastard. I'll tell you that. No, that's um, hilarious. Um, Dude, you just uh, I don't know. You're you're already different than what I thought you were gonna be. 
Um, you have more of a unique story. I wish I'd have looked more into it now, but I like finding out stuff on the fly anyway. It makes it for a better interview. Uh, whenever, what were, what were some more challenges, I guess, by the time you got out of high school or in high school? I, that's what I'm kind of interested. I haven't had anybody that I've really spoke to on the show that has, you know, had your kind of background to where you came from another country to here. Did you come to Texas to start off with? Yes, I came to Texas. I came to Houston, Texas. Um, it was a, uh, it was, it was a little bit challenging. The food was different. Uh, people was different. People dressed different. I didn't know that your the shoes that you wear matters. You know, like you have to wear Nikes and Jordans. And, you know, I didn't know all that stuff mattered. So it matters. It it matters to people that are shallow. That's the only people it matters to. I mean, it was it was rough. It got to the point where, uh, man, I didn't, I didn't want to go to school. I made good grades, I'm smart as hell. I just couldn't go to school because I was getting picked on. And eventually, that was a, another African male. I can't remember his name. I still remember his face. Uh, he took me under his wing because everybody liked him. He had all the cool stuff. And he took me under his wing. He gave me like three or four pairs of his uh, Nikes that he doesn't wear anymore. And they're about a couple of years older than the newer Nikes, but he gave me that, kind of taught me how to pretty much dress American-ish. And, uh, we started hanging out a lot more. So as he took me under his wing, man, everybody just like, oh man, you cool. Like everybody just, I began the cool side and then for me to even fit in, I had to get into a fight. That was one of the other things you had to do. And uh, in my high school, I cost, I cost one of the, oh, I had one of the most viral fight uh, that year. I had a fight after lunch in the courtyard where I disrupted and interrupted the entire school program activity for like almost an hour and a half. Oh shit, what happened? I was just, it was just this girl and me and her are pretty cool. And we call each other names or whatever. So she calls me the B word and I call her the baby word. That's how we get along. And some dude, I guess his friends were her too. And he heard the word and he just felt like I was being rude to a female. I was like, dude, this is how me and her get along. Like, she knows this is it. And he was like, nah, you don't talk to a female like that. But I was like, okay, man, what you want to do about it? And then we just started boxing from the, by the door, from the freaking cafeteria all the way to the courtyard by the time the cops came out. Uh, we were just fighting for a little while. I got thrown into ALC and he got thrown into ALC, but I only did it did maybe two months of ALC because I, I was a football player and I had good grades, good everything. So the AP at that time was like, you know what? We're just gonna let you do two months and we'll bring you right back to school. So what I did is- that. What position in football did you play? Because I'm guessing you were an end. I played I played a little bit of everything except receiver and quarterback or DB. But I played linebacker, uh, tight end, uh, D lineman, O lineman, fullback. Anything that needs to be played, I played. You just look like an athlete. There's just some people that look like athletes, and you look like an athlete. Thank you, man. I wish I can. I wish somebody can pick me up right now and go play though. <laughs> I don't think there's many people in the world that can just pick you up right now. You look solid. You are a scary human being. 
I know some team out there that sucks that need <laughs> that. I know I can do better than a lot of things that got going on. You know? Did uh did you end up uh when did you end up getting into law enforcement? Like right after high school, or did you go to college, or how did you end up going down that road? Actually, after high school, me and another friend by the name of Jordan, light skin boy. He he a country country light skin boy. He loves riding bike. Horses, dressed like a country boy. Um, he said, hey, man, uh, we just finished high school in, in the hood. We ain't got nothing to do for us. You want to go join the volunteer fire department? I said, what? I want to do that stupid shit, wear stupid gear, run into fire. What's wrong with you? He said, I think it's going to be fun. I said, all right, let's do it. Back then, I used to wear weed socks. Uh, weed uh, socks? Weed socks. I made some socks called. It has weed leaves on it. Oh, okay. Uh, and you know, back then in high school, I tried to be a little bit of weed here and there. Why not? <laughs> um, so it was okay. Let's go. He's like, man, we grew up in the hood. This would be a good way to uh, channel our um, our hood schoolism to, I guess, a better life or better whatnot. I said, yeah, let's do it. So we. Um, we signed up for the fire department volunteers, and I showed up to my PT test wearing the weed socks. And it's, and uh, the chief at that time, his name was Mitchell. He he turned around the corner and looked at us like, what "The hell!" Like he thought it was <laughs> he thought it was about to get jumped because he was closing the the little PT area, and we both just walked out like, "Hey, we had to take the PT test." He was like, "What?" And then we did that. I went ahead and moved up and got my fire certification, EMT certification, and I did five years of firefighting uh, before I went to police. Uh, I've had I had three major scenes in the fire department in five years that really, really uh, got to me, that made me appreciate our first responders. We have bad apples, we have good apples, we have okay apples, but um, one of the major scenes was... Uh, one, uh, me and another firefighter, we was in a, a, a two-story apartment complex fire. And it, me and him was the first in for at least three minutes. And three minutes in firefighting is about 10 minutes. Or even 30, it feels like 30 minutes. And uh, I fell through the roof down to my face. And uh, my face mask took the whole fall. And I still have the mask, but not with me right now. Uh, the whole front split. Uh, I'm lucky it wasn't, it didn't get to my face. And then another incident that was on the roof and I fell through again. I was a big, I'm a big boy. I fell and uh, fell on my pack, on my air pack, but on the side of it to where I only had a, little, a few free bruises. Wasn't, uh, I was lucky I didn't, fur, I didn't fall directly on it because I would have been paralyzed right now, probably dead. So um, that's another one. But the major, 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 major scene that got to me hardcore was uh, my grandfather came to America to get his medical stuff done. And uh, while I was the only ambulance running in the area, my mom called me. He said, hey, man, your dad is not doing well. Because I called my grandpa dad because he raised me. I said, what do you mean? She said, he's, he's not feeling well. Something's, something is coming up. That's my mom. She has that feeling. When she has a feeling, something's about to go down. 
So I said, man, okay, let me call my captain. I call my captain. I said, hey, head to my house. My grandma, my dad is not feeling well. He said, okay, I'm going to take the boys over. They're getting ready to get on the truck, get the truck rolling. And I remember this. I, I remember this every day. It still gives me goosebumps. We took a homeless lady that she said, hey, I'm feeling psych because I want to go to the hospital and eat because I'm, I'm homeless. I need something to eat. So take me to the hospital. We took her to the hospital. We went to Cane's restaurant. We got some Cane's. And we leave and about to go enjoy these canes. And then the tone drop. I really, it's like the tone drop. I already got the call. The call. I already know what the dispatch box was about to say before he came out. He said, cut arrest in progress, blah, 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 my house. And I was at least eight miles away. And I think that's probably the fastest I've ever I've, I've ever made an ambulance move in an eight-mile distance. I was, I mean, if 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 I were to get into a wreck, everybody's probably gonna be dead that day. The way I, I drove that ambulance that day, I haul ass got there, doing I was doing CPR on him for a little while. Then my captain pulled me up. He's like, "What the hell is wrong with you? You can't do CPR on your own family member." I said, "Why not? He's my dad. He saved me. I gotta, I gotta do something for him." And uh, that was a very very hardcore night. That was the one night that I knew that when people say back to blue, back to fire department, bad freshman, like when they say that, they actually mean that. Like, I mean, when I say that, everybody, they're talking about deputies, firefighters, even at the hospital, it was like almost 50, 60 deputies, firefighters there just to like support me that night. And it was, I didn't feel like I had a major event in my life. I felt like I, my brothers and sisters came out to hang out with me. That's what it felt like. And, uh, after that, I, that kind of hit me a little hard, and I was like, you know what? I want to do more. So I joined the police department. So I, I'm obs- I'm obsessed with you now. Let, let me tell you, you are <laughs> you are, dude. That right there takes balls, and that is there's something special about people. Like, there's a lot of folks that I know that get that call, and when they get that call to do more, they don't answer it. You answered it. I mean, you knew that from that just that situation that you wanted to do more. And dude, I tell you, I got the utmost absolute respect for people like that. That is, God, that's it, going through something like that. You're a strong man. I probably would be weak in that situation. I think it would have made me get out of being a first responder, seeing my grandfather like that, because I think it would have mentally crippled me. I think I think it would have really, really hurt me, but it, it made you stronger. Yeah, um, I thought about it. I thought about it, but no, nah, you only live once, you know. You gotta do what makes you happy. I don't see myself working at a Walmart. I don't have anything against Walmart employees. I don't see myself working in the office. I don't see myself sitting for too long. I don't see myself standing for too long. I want a job that. From from a second of me laughing with you, it could be a second of me saying, "Oh shit, this could be my last time." That's what I like. I like that feeling. I don't. I don't think your arms are gonna fit through the Walmart vest. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I saw you, if I saw you out pushing buggies in my Walmart parking lot, I'd be like, "What the fuck happened to this guy?" There is a very bad story connected to this. This should not have happened. Um, I got I got a question about something you said though. Why are you not supposed to do CPR on a family member? Uh, just because it's, it's a lot of emotion involved. And, you know, you're probably going to be crying. 
you're probably going to have a tunnel vision. You're going to forget how to properly do your your work. Um, uh, you're going to probably not give the best. You're going to you're probably going to give the best CPR, but it's not going to be the the most effective. Okay. I'm gonna, to you is going to feel effective, but to the to the Texas standards of CPRs or your you know protocols on what to do, you might not do it properly because you are emotionally very very driven. You know, uh, and also this can be traumatic. It can be very very traumatic to you, especially if the person doesn't live. This in this case, my grandpa, we saved his heart, but he was brain dead just because he was. He was out without oxygen for a good 40, I want to say 45 seconds to a minute before we got there and stuff. Uh, but apart from that, uh, that's probably one of the reasons why they wouldn't let you do it. It's not It's not very good for your mental. Not everybody can take that mental abuse and recap from it or continue their life like that. So it pulled me off. Oof. Dude, I'm telling that's you you got me damn near in tears over here. That's rough. That's it's it's rough. Yeah, it's, it was rough. I still think about it every now and then. I've been through a lot, but we're still here. You know, th- there's this thing that it always it always drives me nuts <clears throat> when I when I find people on social media. Uh you'll find these folks have these really big followings and you get to talking to them or whatever. And some people I'm iffy about having on the show anyway, because I'm a very, I try to be very real and very authentic. And there's a lot of people that I just, I don't understand why they have the popularity that they have. I don't understand why you don't have more popularity. Like I don't understand why more people haven't sent your name to me to have you on my show compared to some people that they've sent your story just this far is probably the best one, if not one of the best ones that I've heard since I started doing this a year ago. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm very, very camera shy. I'm a very shy person besides all the videos you see on social media. I've, uh, I've always liked to dance or like make funny jokes or make people smile, laugh. Uh, my friends think I'm, my mom, my friends thinks I'm, think I'm very funny, especially if I'm like unscripted, like I just say whatever comes out of my mouth, you're going to be laughing all the time. But I started making videos and posting them on, on my Instagram and it would do pretty well. I do it with the females at my gym. Uh, we'll sit out there and do some like weightlifting competition or dance off or whatever. And it was like, you know, a couple of people, even my coworker dispatch, she's like, why don't you make a TikTok? I said, no, I ain't get on that damn Chinese app. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the hell out of you. I'm like, man, I ain't get on that damn app. I make it. And I'm like, man, I don't know how my department is going to react with that. And I was like, you know, I've seen some of all the cops get in trouble with TikTok. And I was like, man, I don't even know what to do on there because I don't know if I should do dance. Should I do comedy? Do I do reactions? Do I? I, just, I was like, man, I don't know. So one day I was like, you know what? F it. I'm going to make a TikTok. So I make a TikTok. I think my first video was me dancing to freaking Selena uh, in the pink shirt and wearing my uh, pants and duty belt. And I was asking people if they want to dance with me. 
And uh, that went viral, okay viral, so okay. And then I posted another one with my profile logo, the actual video of my profile logo. That went viral too. Now I posted another picture of me and it went viral. I said, okay, uh, I think I can get jiggy with this shit, you know? And then uh, I posted a video of me catching a snake at a, at a park. And that one, that did pretty well. And then after that, I just took up. I just started making content. And uh, I've only been on TikTok for uh, eight months now. And uh, it's done pretty well. We are about to hit, I think, 940,000 followers. Hell yeah. You deserve it. Uh, let me ask you, um, as far as when it comes to your department, because when we've had other officers on here, it's kind of a mixed thing. It's either their department wants them or they're okay with them making uh, content because it shows a different side of police officers that make them more likable or they don't want them doing it at all because they don't want it, you know, being whatever towards the department. Do you get any type of feedback from supervisors or coworkers or anything? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's very, very interesting. Um, I, I got pulled in, so I, I recently got promoted to a night shift supervisor. And uh, doing that meeting to that promotion, and I, I walked in there, we sat down, I sat down with two of my chiefs. And they both looked at me, they was like, what do you do on your off times? <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I didn't think anything of it, because I'm like, they know what I do. They know I'll just, I play video game, I go race my car my cars, I do stuff with my family and I go to the gym. Everybody knows, everybody that knows me knows exactly my schedule is the same schedule every day. And then uh, I was like, chief, I work out and stuff like that. You like, do you have any social media? I said, yeah, I have like Facebook and Instagram. And she was like, what about TikTok? Oh, my heart dropped. I bet it did. My heart dropped. I was like, oh yeah, I'm about to get fired. I'm about to get fired. And then she was like, me and Chief, the both Chief was like, we've been watching your TikTok for the past four months. We watched your live, we watched your videos. I have people have sent me your videos from the county and the cities and everybody that knows you that knows me. And she's like, you know, I know a lot of people. I can make a phone call and make anything drop. And I'm, I'm gonna find out anything I need to find out and right away. I say, yeah. And then my, the other chief was like, how many followers do you have? At that time, I was like, I have like 600. I think I was out. I have like 600 or something thousand. He's like, God, damn, that's a lot of people. I said, yeah. He said, well, when do you find time to make this video? I said, you know, do my lunch break. I work. We don't have a signed lunch break. I eat meal preps. So usually I'm done eating in less than five minutes and I'm available to take calls for my other shift mate just so they can eat and relax and enjoy themselves because my meal prep is quick. I can eat and still work without being full. So I was like doing, doing those meal, doing those 30 minutes break, I will record maybe two, three videos in less than eight, 10, 10 seconds and save them. And I can re reuse them over and over or crap them or whatever like that. Uh, I was like, I never get involved, get him in, involved with my line of work. I said, I don't go live on duty and all that stuff. They said, okay. I said, do you ever use our cars and stuff? I said, yeah, I use the cars. I just don't show any patches or emblem on the car. I just use show it. 
the roof of my car. I don't show what's in my car, what I carry in my car. He's like, okay, good, good, good. He said, what about your badges and patches? I said, I don't show that either. It's okay. He said, the only worry that I have with this is one of them auditors or one of them audit people, them, you know, like them audit people that pretty much pick on law enforcement. Like, you know, sometimes uh, yeah, you, find, yeah. you find some kids that get on YouTube that have a, they want to make name for themselves by trying to find, piss off some cops or whatever. Um, I was like, nah, the, the ones that I know that does that kind of stuff, they actually like me because I've they've run into me before. They saw that I don't budge. Like it's you can push on the button you want. I'm gonna give you the real me on camera, off camera. So I gotta we we're pretty good. They don't they don't really they don't really mess with me. And then okay, man, my both of my chief looked at me, they was like, you know what? We like it. Uh keep doing what you're doing. You are humanizing the badge and what you're doing. Uh, the other chief was like, you know, I love the other chief. Both of them love social media. They're both on social media. They love that shit. And then uh, they was like, what else do you do with your TikTok account? You know, do you get paid from this? I don't get paid for my TikTok uh, videos. Uh, I just make them because I it makes it helps me release stress from this job, the stress from Yahtzee. Ask me these questions right now. <laughs> uh, and then uh, there was like, what other stuff do you do? I said, you know, I've I've used my TikTok platform to conduct a meetup uh, in July where we raised $2,500 or $2,100 for Trooper Chad Walker that was shot in Mesa, Texas. Uh, and uh, I sent the money to his wife, told him to get his kid a diaper. Uh, I use it for charity where I'll donate some toys that people will buy from my Amazon wish list to uh, kids that's going through cerebral palsy, autism, uh, Whatever, I'll, I'll donate the toys to them. Uh, I use it to give back to the community because I feel like the community, some of the people in the community, especially kids or people with mental disability, are scared to come up to law enforcement and ask them for stuff because we have that stigma of, you know, they're cops, they're macho macho, you know, they're only here for when you call 911 and when you need a report made. So that's basically what I use my TikTok for. But long story short, my department, Everybody knows I have TikTok. Even my chief was like, I'll kick your ass for that 20 million. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I know you do it. But it's been all positive. They're all like and supported. They know I have a huge following. And uh, everybody in town, everybody in county, city, everybody knows I'm on TikTok and I'm big on TikTok. And uh, in eight months now, knock on wood, we have not had one negative complaint. Yeah, I, I don't see how you would. I think that anybody that is over you or partners with you or, you know, anything close to it, I think they would be encouraging you to be honest because it does, it does humanize the badge. People get to see you being an everyday guy. Um, I mean, unfortunately, with the society we live in, there's so many negative stereotypes and, and comments that are made daily about police officers that are completely unfair. Now I say they're completely unfair. There is like you said, well, there's bad apples. There's bad apples in every single thing. But one thing I have learned doing this show, uh, talking to men like you and women like you that wear the badge that there's nobody that hates bad cops worse than good cops. So they would, I love what you're doing. I love that they are happy that you're doing it. The only thing that I, I would wonder about, honestly, is have you ever pulled anybody over or had to arrest anybody or anybody who knew who you were from social media and it just made it completely awkward? 
No, actually, I have not run into that. Um, a few people that finally knew who I am from TikTok or in person had to ask me if it was me, if I'm Texas to Texas Cow 2.0, because they can, I look, I don't know, I look different. People say I look different and I have an intimidating factor to myself. Like, I, I, I grew up in the hood, so I always meet mug people. So I always have a mug on my face to where I'm not approachable. So most people don't approach me to ask me, oh, are you the guy from TikTok? Or they're just like, that's a big guy. I'm going to leave him alone. So I never really have any issue with that or pretty much all that. And everybody that knows me knows if you ever get a ticket from me, you a dumbass. Because I write, I write the most absolute warnings you can ever find. But now, if you don't have no mug flap on your truck, you might you probably won't get a ticket. Because you cost people a lot of money in the damn windshield, all right? <laughs> but but uh, I'm pretty fair. I don't I don't write a lot of tickets. I'm a I'm a warning. I believe in we are human beings and we make mistakes and we we speed. We run stop signs unintentionally. Uh, we we do stuff as long as it's, as long as I can. It looks to me and look to a third person looking that 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 was a mistake. It, yes. Yeah, you said uh, you said run stop signs, and anybody that knows me, I there's I have four sets of stop signs between my house and my studio, and I, I my studio is right in front of a hospital. Uh, I run them all day every day because nobody ever comes down these roads, and I have been pulled over by thankfully the awesome police department that we have here in my county two or three times. And it luckily has been different officers. If I get caught one more time by the same officer, I'm getting the ticket, but I'll do the creep. I'll get real close, make sure nobody's coming. Then I shoot through it. But, uh, I'm bad about that one. Um, so I'm, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a question. Cause I, some reason, one, one of the biggest things that I try to bring an end to, which is never going to be an end to it, but it, it is racism has a as a black cop in texas have you ever experienced any racism yes uh and it's 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 quite this alarming because uh it's quite alarming because most of the racism that i've experienced as a black cop has been from um black black people uh it wasn't so much of white people or uh a few times Hispanic, a few times, but most of the time it's black, black people that call you Uncle Tom and sell out and uh, you're going to treat your own people like this. And another another racism part, another experience is being from Africans. Uh, uh, when I pull over some Africans or deal with them, they expect me to like, just be like, oh yeah, we both African, we speak the same language, the same culture, you should, you should let me slide. Or they will say some, I've I've had one that I pulled over and she told me, oh, it must be the end of the month. You're trying to meet your quota and damn Nigerian man, this is how you treat another Nigerian queen or something like that. I looked at her, I was like, don't be ignorant. And she looked at me, she was like, what's your name and badge number? Why would you talk to me like that? I said, I'll give you my name. I'll give you my badge number. I'll give you my chief's name and number. Anybody, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Okay, but I am quick to call people out on camera and off camera. I will not disrespect you. I will professionally call you out. 
I will tell you, hey, you're being ignorant right now because just as much as you get put over, I get put over. I've been put over before going home by the same state trooper that I I just got done working at motors, uh, a, a crash with 20 minutes before because I was speeding five miles, 10 miles over. And he'll, he'll, he'll chew my ass out. We all make mistakes. So if you get caught doing something, my best advice to people, when a cop pull you over and tell you, blah, 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 you did a, yes, sir. I understand what I've done or what you thought I did. And um, I'm sorry. Um, and then it doesn't mean that you admitting that you did it. It does not mean that you're not saying that you do it, but be professional and kind to them. If he's a if he's a good cop, which I know ninety percent of the cops are probably gonna give you a warning if you come at him like that, and be truthful. And sometimes it helps you when you go to court because they're gonna review that video in court and they're gonna see that you're very truthful and nice to the cop, and you probably won't get it dismissed. And if the cop gives you a ticket or warning, always look at him and say, "Sir, thank you for this citation or thank you for this warning. I hope you have a blessed day." And I really do appreciate what you do. And I hope you go home safe to your family. Even if, you, even if he gave you a citation and he walks off like that, he's going to really think about that. He's going to be like, I gave this person a ticket and he was so nice to me. And you probably just made his day better for the next five, six people he pulls over. You might give them a warning, even though you got a citation, but you just risked, you just risked yourself and your citation for the other five people coming up. So you're still doing good deeds for other people. You just didn't know you did the good deeds for other people. And now God is going to repay you back for even being that kind to that officer. And that's what people don't really think about when stuff like that happens. Dude, you're different. I'm telling you right now, you're different. And I mean that in a good way. Uh, If more people, and I'm not talking about just one race here, I'm talking about everybody, would listen to how you just said, to treat a police officer when you're pulled over by them, there would be so much there. There shouldn't be any at that point trash in the media about police officers. People, I don't understand how people can, can do a crime or run us our speed or whatever. I don't know why I said do a crime. I can't, my words aren't coming out good right now. I commit a crime. That's what I mean. I couldn't think of the word commit a crime, steal, whatever they do speed, and then have an attitude towards the police officer when they're the ones that messed up. It's not you're, you know, you're doing your job to catch them. If they would have been a better criminal, they wouldn't have got caught, but Hey, they screwed up now deal with it the right way. And you won't get dealt with in a bad way. That's true. And another one is the warrants. Uh, a lot of cops just got hemmed up on warrants or they messed up on one traffic stop or it's gone bad. The way I look at it is, man, if you commit the crime or you got to go to court or you have a warrant, man, I tell people this. You get a ticket or a warrant and you get to live your life. It does not. It's a misdemeanor class C in Texas. It does not, does not do absolutely nothing to your record. Okay, if you have a warrant, go take care of your warrant. Or if you get caught up with your warrant, go take care of your warrant, man. It's not, it does not mean, does not mean a constitution for somebody to lose their life. A police officer or you or a fight is not worth it. I came from a very, very corrupt police uh, force in Africa where you have to pay to go past a police officer. There are the signal. They can tell you, hey, you can't go 
you can't you can't go to Dallas, Texas if you want to go to Dallas. You have to pay me two hundred dollars for me to let you go to Dallas. And my, before you go to Dallas, Texas, three hour drive or whatever, you might run into uh, maybe twelve or twenty more or the cops that might stop you and collect money from you. And if you have money, you can pretty much get away with any crime. I don't know if it's still the same way now, but when I was living in Africa, it was that bad. The police force is very, very corrupt. The government and rich people has police in their pocket, right? And everybody knows it. And you got money, you commit any crime. You can literally kill somebody and get away with it with no nothing at all. So uh, Americans got it better. Americans got it good. I I, I can't stand it when people that live or, or that, are, that are born here complains and I don't curse a lot, but bitch and moan about how bad they have it in a, in America. And I'm like, man, I'm, I, I truly believe that every kid should be sent to an overseas or a third world country at the, at, after eighth grade to go to school for ninth grade to 12th grade and come back to America. You I think that would, wow. fucking genius. That, 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 would, that, that would help us a lot. That would cure entitlement. That would cure all these people that hate this country. It always just makes me so happy to hear somebody who comes from another country and acknowledges, you know, I, I think we're the best country in the world because this is the only one I've ever known. Everything I love here, all my freedoms and everything are here. I don't know anything else, but it's very rare that I hear somebody that comes from another country ever say that their country's better now they might have more beautiful sights than us or stuff like that that like there's some cultures that have some beautiful things wrapped around their cultures uh some things i really love but as far as places to live when somebody like you that has been somewhere and lived somewhere else for 13 years and then come here to, for you to say that that is so enlightening and people need to hear that yeah it's 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 very very different um you know when you live overseas that's good food good places to be whatever but we don't have the option of going to work at mcdonald's for 725 an hour we don't have that option over there uh we have what you call is pretty much a slave option uh i know there's no such thing as slave anymore maybe in america that we legally but we do have it in I believe and, uh, it's called indigent indigent servants or something like that. Servants. Yeah. We have a lot of those in Africa, in Nigeria, where you might have three kids right now. You're, you're broke. You can't feed them. You send them to go be uh, a servant to a rich person that's going to pay them, pay you every year, maybe $50,000, and then make sure your kid is taken care of. And after 20 years, your kid gets settled with maybe a store a house and some money uh, so they're doing they're doing service and they're not getting paid for it you getting paid for it because you're the dad or you're the mom and uh there's no options for 725 an hour at mcdonald's you can't you can't wake up and go get a job at mcdonald's you have to literally go to school and hopefully after you go to school you can find a job and school costs a lot of money everything costs a lot of money you know Right now, with the money I make in America, I am considered, if not top tier millionaire or billionaire in my Nigerian money. Oh damn! Yeah, what? And that's I why. That's why most most uh, 
Nigerians, if you know, they are nurses and doctors that make good money and they go back to Africa and build their revenue and own estates and stuff over there because they're going to be making more money and they don't work too much in America. They're always traveling. I guess. That's cool. Uh, do you ever go back over there to see family or anything? I went back in a couple of while. My mom goes every year. Um, she goes back and see everybody and send them a message and everybody's message. It's it's pretty rough to go because uh, they can tear you apart. Like my mom, she still, my mom can go back and blend in easily, even though she's she's a very light skinned woman, but she uh, fair complected woman, but she can still blend in because that's all she knows. But me, I'm probably gonna get cut up where they're gonna know. Oh yeah, he, he's he's American, and that's bad for me because I can I can get kidnapped if I go back right now. I have to get armed. Army or which police over there, you can hire army to be your bodyguard or your, or your service guard. So I have to literally get armies or well, paid policemen to escort me everywhere for the duration I'm going to be there for my safety. Because if not, I can get kidnapped for some ransom and it's going to be big ransom or probably killed. Damn, I didn't I didn't realize that. I, I've never yeah. heard that before. It's 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 like that because they once they see then once they hear you from America, all they think about is money, because they know how much a dollar, a dollar, a dollar here is four hundred and fifty naira, and four hundred and fifty naira is equivalent to you having four hundred and fifty dollars in your pocket. Well, what can that buy over there? What can four hundred and fifty? Just give me an example of something with the Nigerian money. What can that buy? Now, 450 Naira, uh, I mean, I have, it's been a while since I went back, but it ain't going to buy you much. Okay. It's going to buy you some stuff, but it ain't going to buy you that much. Uh, so, okay, well, let me ask you this. What would a basic, brand-new $20,000 car here in America, what would that cost in Nigerian money? Uh, every every 100000 Every hundred a hundred dollars about twenty thousand uh naira, I believe. So twenty thousand dollars here. It's, it's gonna be a lot of millions. Okay. Over there. It's gonna be a lot of millions. I got because over if you do the math with a dollar being four fifty naira, all yeah. you gotta do is do the twenty times uh four fifty. Oh, yeah, that's a ridiculous amount. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I was just trying to like in my head. Rather, I think it's going to be around four, probably 450 million naira. That's a lot of money over there. Shit. You build your, your whole house with damn $20,000 here over there. Yeah. 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 Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah. Woo. That's what I, yeah. I guess that's what I was asking. What would a house over there cost? Now, I mean, if you have a, if you have a good, if you have $50,000 here, you can build you a very good, big, big, decent house over there with land. And over there, it's, over here, we live country lifestyle. Every house has a compound. You know, we have, you are going to have land. Every, every house is built on two to three, four acres of land. Nice. And we call it compound. We like to put flowers on there. We like to put pools. We like to have playground for kids, barbecue, front yard. Your front yard is actually going to have a compound, and then you're going to have a backyard. Americans usually do more of a backyard. But over there, we do 
front yard too, because front yard is where everybody wants to sit for like Thanksgiving and Christmas and uh, hammock and just look out, sit outside and look around when people walk around in the evening. Say, hey, and What's uh, you said earlier when we were talking about you going uh, over to school here when you was 13 that one of the biggest differences was food. What uh, what would be like an example of the food from over there that would be completely different than anything we'd eat here? Man, everything we have this food called fufu, which most people like it because the name fufu just sounds funny. And most Americans, once they hear it, they, they remember that name, it's like using bad words, but it's, <laughs> fufu is pretty much like yam, cassava, uh, carbohydrate. It's pretty much a pounded yam where you can take it and you, after you make it, you get to squeeze it into a little ball and you can squeeze it and you dip it into a soup with your hand. And then you take a bite of it and you don't chew, you swallow it. You swallow a ball about this big. Yeah. Uh, but I chew my food because my my swallowing skills is not it's not strong. <laughs> uh, it, it sounds like I'd gag real quick to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, it, it's a it's an amazing food. You can eat it with okra soup. We have a uh, pepper soup. Pepper soup is pretty much a soup that is just hot as shit. With either fish or chicken, we have a goosey soup. A lot of Americans love a goosey soup. It has a nice texture to it. Uh, we cook it with lamb, goat, chicken, fish, uh, sometimes snake. It really does depend. We eat some some Nigerians eat snake, and there's some Nigerian tribes that eat human beings. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if they still do, but I don't know if they still do now. But I know growing up, it was a tribe that we have to really avoid because they they will eat they eat human beings or they have ate human beings. And people think America sucks. Uh, what 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 do you prefer, American food or Nigerian food? Uh, I've always been one of that weird family member when we go out, when we go eat, even when I was over there. I'm always the one that try to eat medium food. Like, I don't eat mostly African food. I don't eat mostly yeah. American food. I would probably get some Oreo, uh, pour it in milk and put 20 pounds of sugar in it and just eat it, and I'm good. That was me. But... <sighs> I would prefer Nigerian food, especially if it's made by my mom. My mom is a really, really, really great cook. And uh, I have to stay away from her because she gets me fat. (laughs) I purposely live 40 minutes away from her just so I can avoid her food. Dude, I don't blame you. Um, Did you just – this was uh this was different than I thought it was gonna be. So I had like a bunch of questions in my head that I wanted to ask you, uh, just about being a police officer. But actually, the interest inside of you isn't the police officer; it's just you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the police work is uh, very very you know, to me, it's very very normal uh, that most people. I'm not. Most of my coworkers say I'm annoying because I'm I'm one of those people like I don't care if the chief is there. The admin is there. I come to work, and when I enter the building, I check off my taser. So when, when I come to work, as a cat, we, I hate cats, but we have a cat. We have a PD cats. cat. We have a PD cat. It looks like Garfield, the cartoon Garfield. Gold, completed. He'll come to the door and purr. You know, all he wants is his food. I feed him. Every now and then, he lets me pet him, or he might punch me or whatever. And then 
I'll go in and check on my dispatchers, make sure they're good. I run my tasers off. I make sure my, my coworkers run off their tasers. I check their farm, make sure their farm is good, have the round in there to go. Uh, we get all that stuff ready. And the entire time I'm going up the elevators and all that stuff, you're going to be hearing, ooh, lightweight, baby. Let's get this chicken fucked. Let's get this flamingo suck. Let's get this floor mopping. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm like, I'm just pumped. So sometimes when I walk through my supervisors or, or bigger supervisors, they'll look at me like, I'm, sh- I'm, I'm, I'm damn sure he takes steroids. He's of some, that, that, something is wrong with him. He is special. And my coworkers, I, I annoy them because they can come to work like, man, I'm tired. Dog. I'm like, bro, we about to go out there and tear this shit up. Let's freaking go. And I'm like all pumped up and whatnot. So my coworkers are, man, you're annoying. You are annoying. They're like, and sometimes they're like, they, they ask me on work. They're like, how can you come here and work 10 hours? Might have a late report and go home 16 hours later, overnight. Go home and be able to get on TikTok for one hour on live and make video and then ship out your merch and then reply back to hundreds of messages on a daily basis and keep up with your supervisor duty at work and actually outwork all of us. Like, what are you doing special or different? I say, I just, I'm just living my life. Dude. I'm just living my life. I, I want to, I want you to leave everybody because we're about to log off of here, but uh, leave everybody with a message. I don't know. I know you got something inspirational, something good. If you want to <laughs> leave everybody with an inspirational message towards police officers or yourself or the world, what I don't even know what you're going to say, but I know it's going to be fucking good. Uh, <clears throat> my few message for everybody is uh, never, ever judge a book by its cover. I know we hear that a lot. Um, always be open-minded, open-hearted. Love, don't hate. Um, if you ever come across my profiles online or whatever, you know, say hi, say hey. Um, I just want to make this place, this world a better place. No matter how much I make, no matter how much you make, we all gonna go down six feet on it one day. So why not enjoy the love and like everybody brings to the table? And don't be afraid to say, hey, I messed up. I'm take full responsibility for my actions and I would do better. Uh, that's one thing that sticks with me. And I take pride in my work. And uh, I'm a very, very prideful man. If I do something that it doesn't do well, I beat myself up. So if you don't beat yourself up for what you're doing every day in your life, then you don't deserve what you want in your life. So you got to go out there, work hard, bust your ass, don't take handouts. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, remember to love, 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 love. Don't hate nobody. Uh, And remember, if you're alive, Today, you're doing better than the person yesterday that's six feet under, okay? It sucks that they're six feet under, but you're not six feet under yet. So please, please, please keep working hard, keep pushing yourself, and spread the positivity. John Terry, Josh Terry, I appreciate you for having me on this damn show. Man, I appreciate you coming. You made my day. <laughs> I know it's been a long time coming, but I've been getting trying to get promoted at work and Switching to night shift and everything has been so, so, so tough on trying to make time for this.
And I'm glad I, I messaged you today and said I was ready. Well, everything happens when it's supposed to. And we don't go by our time and we go by God's timing, big fella. Amen. 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 All right, folks. Well, you heard it right there from Nigerian King to Texas badass. That is Texas Cop 2.0. Thank all of y'all for listening to the show. I love y'all. We'll catch you next time.